you please join me in a word of prayer as we begin our sermon? Father in heaven, we ask that you would once again just continue to put your words into my mouth. But that's only part of the equation. I also ask that you would put continually uh, be with the people who are listening, that you would be with their mind to help them hear what you want them to hear. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll join me in your scriptures or your smartphone, <coughs> our opening scripture is going to be from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 18. Matthew 16, 18. Matthew records the words of Jesus here in Matthew 16, 18. He was speaking with his disciples and he said, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church theme for 2021, the theme for this year is going to be called the foundation. Obviously, the makes sense that the foundation would be Jesus Christ. It begins and ends with Jesus. The universe is founded on Jesus. Jesus is the center of it all. It would only make sense that for church and for Christians, it too would be Jesus. And yet, as a Christian and as a minister, I've been I must admit, I've been disappointed more than once in other areas from other leaders when I was at denominational meetings and had people say that the foundation should be something else at the center. And when myself and other church members pushed back a little bit, they even doubled down on it and felt quite convicted that it should be something else. Fortunately, the Bible doesn't make that mistake. The Bible is quite clear that Jesus is the foundation. But I have had other people say things like, well, everybody knows about Jesus. Everybody knows about Jesus. So we should make the theme something else. We need to put our time, effort, and energy into something else because we all know about Jesus. Everybody's heard about Jesus. Well, the Apostle Paul, after he was converted had a different theme. 1 Corinthians 2.1, the Apostle Paul said, I determined to know nothing among you except Christ and Him crucified. The Gospel of John, another disciple of Jesus, Gospel of John chapter 14, <clears throat> the first nine verses, Jesus puts it this way, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, Believe also in me, John 14, 1 through 9. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I, would I have told you to, that I go prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you should know the way where I'm going. And Thomas very human. We pick on him, but he's very much like us. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said plainly, I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. He's very clear. He does not make it plural. I didn't listen as well as I should have in English class growing up, but I know the difference between plural and singular. And Jesus is quite clear. He makes it about himself. He alone is the way. There's not a long list of amazing things. It's simply one thing, and the one thing is Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus said. If you had known me, I wonder how much those words stung to the disciples. If, if you had known me, you would have known my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And here Philip again, being very human like we are, but often don't admit it. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. They've been with him three and a half years by now, seeing dead people come to life and people who were born that couldn't walk or hear or see can do those things now better than us. And they still are asking these questions. And Jesus responded in verse 9, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? <coughs> Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? They're so close. They're so united. They're so similar. When you see one, you would be seeing the other because they act, think the same. And it's unique because I don't think personally this world <coughs> or this country or Christianity is in the condition it is because everybody knows Jesus. Are we able to, to mute the microphones? They seem so hot, I'm afraid to move up here. <coughs> um, so I'll say that again. I don't think, yeah, whatever you did, that worked. I don't think this world, I don't think this country or Christianity is in the condition it is in because everybody knows Jesus. If that were the case, we would say, this is what the world looks like. This is what America looks like. This is what Christianity as a whole looks like when everybody knows Jesus. Wow. That would be depressing. If this is as good as it gets when everybody knows Jesus, that would be depressing. It's quite clear Everybody does not think Jesus is the way through life. Everybody doesn't think Jesus is the truth. Everybody, everybody doesn't think those things. That's why things are a mess. If they did, things would be differently. <coughs> I mean, look at social media. Look at, look at the news. If you do, you will see America is greatly divided. Pick the topic. People are upset because of the color of their skin. It's ridiculous. People are upset about COVID or the antivirus or masks or politics, sports, almost anything and everything people in this country are divided about. That's not the indication that everybody knows Jesus and that we should put our efforts into something else. If that were the case, either... Either God, let me put it this way, either God really, and I mean really oversold Jesus, or we still have a lot to learn about him. 
Jesus is the foundation. He truly is. I had a church member <laughs> in a previous district. She was learning more and more about Jesus. And as you typically learn to appreciate and understand Jesus, that lets Jesus work into your mind. Because as I was sharing with some new friends of mine out in the foyer earlier today, God is a master of this. He has all power, all authority. Uh, he can be any place he wants. He is, the Bible says, omnipotent, omniscient, etc., etc. God has it all. But even though he does, he never misuses his authority and his power. He never forces himself on people. That's not love. He gives people a choice. And uh, so in this context of choice, God doesn't force people to grow. We have to choose Jesus, and then Jesus does that. So as we understand and appreciate what Jesus did at the cross, that allows God to work in our mind more. <coughs> well, so when that happens, then basically Jesus um, does an amazing thing. He takes out the self-destructive things that are in our life, so we stop hurting ourselves and the people around him, and he, and he replaces it with his qualities, his characteristics, his thoughts, feelings, actions, and, mo and, and motives. He, he puts himself in us. And so he was doing that with this young lady. Her name was Tracy. And uh, she was going to a community college in the area. And for the next five, six months or so, maybe a touch longer, she, it was just extraordinary growth. She was no longer following the American dream. She was following the biblical dream. And, and they are very different, folks. We know that. They're very different. And so she was starting to follow the biblical dream. And one of her friends at college, she, I mean, she couldn't help herself. It was just every week this friend would, would make a comment. Man, I don't remember all the stuff. And if I did, I might not even share them because I'm not trying to make her <coughs> embarrass this person. But, and so I don't remember exactly what they were. But, you know, say one of them was, I can't believe you're not cussing anymore. Man, you're not out clubbing anymore or drinking or this or that. You know, all those things that America tells you are so amazing and that they're lies. And anyway, every week it would just be some new destructive thing that disappeared and God had put a healthy, balanced, good quality in its place. And this friend from, from university was just, every week she'd be like, what's going on? Man, all these changes and, and what's happening? And, and, and this church member of mine, her name is Tracy, every time she'd just simply say, I'm finally letting Jesus into my life. It's not some distant religious kind of motion that, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm letting Jesus actually into my life in real tangible ways. W would you be interested in learning how? Just, I mean, it's like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten words, that's it. I'm letting Jesus into my life. Would you like to learn how? And her friend said, well, no, thank you. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. And she said, well, it's no, uh, no pressure. You just keep asking and have such interest every single week. So I just thought I would just offer it to you. <laughs> week after week, she just kept asking and asking until like six, five, six, seven months later, finally this atheist friend, she said, I've never seen such a thing hint, hint to America and, and Christianity, apparently, at least where they lived. I've never seen such a thing. Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'd like to learn more about this. She said, well, I'm not much of a teacher, but, but you've met my pastor before. Let, let's have lunch with Pastor Mark, and we can kind of at least discuss what that would look like. And so she agreed, and so we went out to Cracker Barrel, and uh, so we had lunch there, and I'm not much for Cracker Barrel. It's like I'm not much for Cracker Barrel, but I made an exception because that's where she wanted to go. And so we met there for lunch. And so we, we talked and, and, and we didn't, I'm not into pressure or anything. I just, I'm happy to share my understanding. If you like it, praise God. If you don't, then there's no shortage of people's opinions in the world and people can go find one that they're comfortable with.
And so we just had lunch and said, well, you know, just kind of share, you know, if you're interested in the study, you know, what that study would look like. <laughs> and I said, long story short, all it would be is we'd look at Jesus. I said, I'm a minister full-time, that's my job. If somebody isn't interested in Jesus, if you're in the right church, that's not the place for you if you're not into Jesus. Because when it's done right, when it's done biblical, church is supposed to be about Christ, not everything else. So I said in our study, we would just look at Jesus. We'd look at Jesus in the Old Testament, Jesus in the New Testament, prophecy that points to Jesus. Look at the benefits of Jesus' death and resurrection. We'd look at Jesus. And I said, uh, you know, I said, we'd just use the Bible. That's our guide. And uh, she, she jumped in, and, and, and I, I still remembered. I'm sitting here. She's sitting across from me, uh, and... <coughs> And my church member, Tracy, was sitting over on this side next to her, but kitty corner from me. And uh, so I'm sharing this, and, 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 uh, uh, and she, the friend, jumps in. And the friend said, uh, um, well, I, I'm not super comfortable with the Bible. And I said, well, that's okay. I said, you go to college. I said, you read books written you know, on paper, and there's ink, and it's written by people. I said, you know, this is a book. It's made of paper and has ink. It's written by people. <laughs> I said, just because I go that extra step and think that it's inspired by God and you don't, I said, it's okay. I said, you read books by people, and you believe what they say about science and history. I said, we'll just look at another book, and at the end, if you appreciate what Jesus is and think he's real, I said, you might be a want to be a Christian, or maybe you don't. I said, there's no pressure. You just get that choice. And she said, well, I consider myself a Christian. <laughs> and, and my friend and church member, Tracy, it's a good thing you're sitting next to her, because her friend, <coughs> the atheist, was, was, they were sitting next to each other, so she couldn't see her body language. She almost fell out of the chair. And uh, anyway, so I'm sitting across her. I keep bumping into people who have more and more thinking like this, so I, I wasn't that unfamiliar with it. <coughs> but Anyway, so I said, I said her name, and I said, well, maybe you can unpack that for me. I've encountered people like this, but I was wanting to have, you know, deep in the moment. So I said, well, maybe you can unpack this for me. I said, because unless I'm misunderstanding, you've said that you're an atheist. That means God, whatever you want to call God, God the Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, God doesn't exist. And yet you just said you're a Christian. I said, not only biblically, but I said, logically, I said, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. So I said, help me out here. How is it you can see yourself an atheist and a Christian? Please, please help my understanding. And she said, well, I, I think I'm a good person. And she said, well, and, 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 and I, I'm probably as good a person as you are. So then we started to go in a very different direction at that point. <coughs> and I said, well, I said, I'll be completely honest with you. And I'll probably have to apologize to my parents. But if you, if you take Jesus out of me and everything Jesus has done, naturally, I said, there's actually a really good chance you might be a much better person than I am naturally if you take Jesus out. But I said, I, I really 
must apologize on behalf of Christianity. I said, apparently somebody miscommunicated and gave you this impression that Christianity has nothing to do with Christ. How else would you in America say you're a Christian and Jesus Christ doesn't even exist, but you consider yourself a Christian? And she says, it's because I'm a good person in her own opinion of herself. And I said, well, the biblical reality is Christianity has nothing, and I hope this is loud and clear, Christianity has nothing to do with how good and impressive I am. Christianity has everything to do with God and how good Jesus Christ is. And I'm glad that his goodness rubs off on me. Don't misunderstand. I'm not out into doing all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with me. It's because Jesus is rubbing off on me. Christianity is about God and how good he is. That's Christianity. If it had to do with me, we'd call it humanism because it has to do with a human being. It doesn't have to do with Christ. So then I began to explain to her what Christianity was all about. Those things might sound similar because lots of people are sitting in lots of churches that want to be good, moral people. But there is a difference. If you had two people and they were identical twins in the same country, in the same culture, the same color of skin, even the same sex and all the things that seem so dividing. If they were similar on everything in the same house, same parents, same everything. Identical twins. And one of those twins chose to follow as Jesus Christ and, and his death resurrection as their foundation and the other one just followed their own moral personal compass it wouldn't take long and they would be in very different places. Because though those things might sound similar from a distance, when you live them, they're very different. They're very different. Christianity <coughs> is about Christ. If there's no Christ, there is no Christianity. And unfortunately, it seems as as time marches closer to the end of this world, it seems like Satan is working really hard to blur the difference between being a Christian or having your foundation be something else. Satan is trying hard to blur that so it doesn't look like there's any difference. And that is very unfortunate and concerning. Matthew 16, verse 18 Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not <coughs> prevail against it. God made Jesus the foundation. God thought Jesus was the right foundation to have. <coughs> and, the, and God gives us many benefits. One of the benefits he gives us that the verse says here is that is that Satan will not conquer God. And if people choose to have God as their foundation, we don't need to be afraid. What a needed thing in a time like this. There's approximately 7.8 billion people in the world. With COVID and the economy and all the other conspiracy theories going on out there, I wonder how many people are afraid. 
And yet here Jesus is trying to help people and remind people that you don't need to be afraid. You can have peace and calm in your life knowing that if Jesus is your foundation, if Jesus is your foundation, Satan does not conquer you. That should be the best news and yet we rarely hear, we rarely hear it. <coughs> Jesus is that peace. But so often it's tempting to look at other people, places, and things. Sometimes we look at people like, say, for example, the disciple Peter. I know there's large groups of people that think that this verse is referring to Peter. Peter is our stability. But as you look at the context, it's clear he's not talking about Peter. <coughs> if you look in the original Greek, when he's describing this, the rock is the word Petra. It's a large bedrock. It's a large bedrock. When he's talking about Peter, he's, he's not using the word Petra. He's using the word Petros, which is a little pebble or a little rolling stone, like the little annoying one that gets in your shoe. <coughs> Jesus was not saying that the church is built on Peter. He didn't say that Peter is this great, stable bedrock. Everybody knew his name used to be Simon and Peter, and Jesus changed his name to Peter or Petros, that little, little rolling stone, not because he was consistent or stable or strong, because he was the opposite. He was inconsistent and very easily moved. Look through Scripture. He pushed away kids. He, he argued about who was the greatest, and in the conversation, he didn't mention Jesus, by the way, he rebuked, and we'll get to this here in a bit, he rebuked Jesus for going to the cross. He thought it was a terrible idea. When people asked if he knew him, he said no. And in the book of Acts, he had a couple of moments where he was racist. That doesn't sound like somebody that God's going to be building the foundation on. What do you think? And you can look through the book of Acts. You can look through the New Testament. The, the, the disciples, the, the, the deacons, the apostles, as they traveled the world baptizing and preaching, no one ever baptized and preached and started churches on the name of Peter. <laughs> they did it in the name of Jesus. That's why the early church was so successful, because the foundation of everything they did was Jesus Christ. Verse 21 and 22 of Matthew 16 says, From that conversation, from that time forward, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem to suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. This is God's crowning. This is God's crowning jewel for humanity. <clears throat> and this remnant church-leading person, his first response was, that's a terrible idea. What are you thinking? And as I think of history, I reminisce that, yeah, that's right, there's about a third of the angels that, that didn't think Jesus should be the foundation. There was a lot of people that were really smart back in, what was that, Noah's day that didn't like that foundation. There was a lot of people in Moses' day, a lot of religious churchy people in Moses' day that really didn't like that foundation. 
And in Jesus' day, there was a lot of people that didn't like that foundation. Even Peter walked with him for three and a half years. Was, how can we put it nicely? He was confused for about three and a half years. And he was so confused <laughs> when Jesus... It's interesting. All of us human beings, even today, we do the same thing. And they did it then. We pick on them, but we do the same thing. They, they kept begging, be more clear, be more clear. Are you God? Are you the Messiah? What's going to happen? Tell us the future. Be more clear. And when he's really clear, all right, I'm the Messiah. They're going to kill me, but I'll raise on the third day. What's Peter say? He, I mean, barely lets Jesus finish, and Peter jumps in by rebuking God. I've got a better idea. I have a better foundation than Jesus Christ. What do you think? I've heard it many times in my life. How about you? I'm sick of hearing it. I've been to seminars where people with titles and followers in other places, and they say, in our own denomination, God help us all. And at the center of their little wheel, they put something other than Jesus Christ. And some of the people that I was at the meeting with and myself, we, we were naive and foolish enough to speak up and say, well, it shouldn't, I mean, shouldn't Jesus be there? I mean, is that, you're, you're just testing us. Like some pastors will say, well, turn with me to the book of Mark. Now, how many of you read last week in Mark chapter 22? And, you know, there's no Mark chapter 22. And so, I mean, is, is he just testing us to see are we paying attention and not having Jesus at the center? I mean, this is a trick question, right? No, no, they doubled down and said, oh, no, 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 no. Everybody knows about Jesus. The center is, well, I'll spare you from the temptation of what they thought the center should be. I'll spare you from that. <coughs> There's always been people that wanted Jesus as the foundation. Unfortunately, history shows there are some people who aren't really impressed with Jesus as the foundation. It would be nice to pick on Judas. It would be nice to pick on the fallen angels. It would be nice to pick on the original remnant. It would be nice to pick on the people through the dark ages. We could even pick on people in churches today. We could even... <laughs> like I lightly alluded to, we could pick on people in our own denomination. But the question for us is, do we really want Jesus as our personal foundation? When Peter heard it initially, not only did he not like it, he rebuked God. What kind of a plan is that? Your foundation is your death and resurrection. That's your plan. <laughs> he wasn't too impressed. My personal opinion is I'd rather have church fail with Jesus than make it have the appearance as though it succeeds without him. The foundation is supposed to be Jesus. None of us wake up perfect. None of us have perfect understanding in the area of Jesus, death and resurrection. But God gives us the privilege to grow and to learn in, in our understanding and appreciation of Jesus. That's what our leaders did. Our denomination started in the 1800s and they weren't perfect. But through time, they were learning and they, and they, and they were growing in their understanding and appreciation of Jesus. 
Let me read this quote to you. This is from one of the leaders of our our church back in the 1800s. This is from her book, Testimonies, Volume 6, page 66 and 67. Christ crucified. Talk about it. Pray about it. Sing about it. It will win hearts. This is the power. This is the wisdom of God to gather souls. The presentation of mere arguments is productive of little good. The melting love of God in the hearts of workers will be recognized by those for whom they labor. Souls are thirsting for Jesus. Do not be empty. If you reveal the love of Christ to them, you may lead hungering, thirsting ones to Jesus, the Savior. Through history, (coughs) there's been both. There's been some people who want something anything other than Jesus. And through history, there's also been people who just really want Jesus as the foundation of their life. It's my belief that's why you're tuning in on whatever your device is. That's my belief why you're here today. That's my belief why people will follow us when we go to the new building over in the colony. Because you want Jesus to be your foundation. You want Jesus to be the foundation of your family. You want Jesus to be the foundation of the church. That is what you want. You want Jesus to continue to do that. And that means we've got to be people that continue to grow and to appreciate and learn more about Jesus. The Bible is very clear. God is the foundation. He always has been. He always will be. So for this year, we're always going to be making it about Jesus. But as we go through this year, we're going to have a special attention with Jesus will be the foundation. And every week, we'll look at different aspects. We'll look at different angles and what that means to continue to have Jesus as the foundation of our lives, of our families, and of this church. Jesus, speaking with Peter many years ago, said, Peter, I tell you, on this rock... In my words, on this other rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are a really, really good communicator. Continue to break through all the noise, all the miscommunication, all the distractions, the good ones and bad ones, break through the COVID and the politics and the money and every other thing that so easily distracts human beings. Continue to help us to realize you are the center. Help us to appreciate that fact and continue to lead and guide us individually and families, and as a church. We really need your help. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.